The Scream Kings are in no way responsible for any encounters with the paranormal, extraterrestrial abductions, eldritch insanity, hauntings, curses, hexes, demonic possessions, cryptozoological sightings, or any loss of sleep that may result from listening to this podcast. This is the Scream Kings podcast. I'm Nathaniel Darkish. This is Max George. Leave me to do my dark bidding on a podcast. Oh, I'm so excited for this episode, Nathaniel. As am I. I really, really love what we're talking about today. I feel like, though, before we do anything, we need to address the elephant in the podcast. Yes. I apologize to all of our listeners, but I invited Pazuzu to move from internet modem into my body and this is what i sound like now yeah it's well let's just say the voice on the exorcist makes a lot more sense now (laughs) medically speaking i have a sore throat mixed with potential pneumonia which is never fun um but i am committed to our listeners so i apologize in advance for any coughs or booger noises that come out of my body Hey, as long as you don't vomit some pea soup. (laughs) No one's going to see it. It will be all hidden because podcasts. We'll have to hear it still. (laughs) I wouldn't edit that out. The voice is very fitting for what we're talking about today, which will be vampires and quite possibly one of the greatest movies ever. Of course, we are talking about what we do in the shadows, both the TV series and its precursor film. Before we talk about what is done in the shadows, though, we have some really awesome, exciting news about the podcast. Yes, we do. We hit 1,000 followers on Twitter. What? That's my excited noise as best as I can. Oh, man. Everyone just, like, cried a little bit for you. (laughs) It's so exciting, though. 1,000 Twitter followers. Thank you, everybody who follows us and listens or. Pays attention to our crazy tweets. Yes, we definitely owe some thanks to yeah everyone who's uh, following us and also to Taylor who is doing a lot of the tweeting and, and helping us kind of maintain that account. Yeah, she's kind of become our honorary social media representation. So thank you, honorary screen queen, Taylor. And also, we didn't just hit a thousand there. We also hit a thousand downloads. For the month of July. That's even crazier. (laughs) Yes, this is by far our biggest month in terms of downloads. In fact, we're probably looking at 1,100, depending on how uh, today and tomorrow go. But yeah, it's been really, really awesome. I can't even believe it. Yeah, it's incredible that there's so many people who take time out of their day to listen to you and me go off on crazy horror themes. It's it's really awesome to see that. So thank you, everybody out there who listens to us. Yeah, and don't let Max's disgusting voice drive you away. Please don't. And we have something special at the end of this podcast that we're going to do. We actually have two fun quizzes that we're going to do on air. One tells us which demon each other will be, and the other is which 
horror movie stereotype we are. So you will find out a lot about us, and that is our thank you for those double thousands. We've reached level 2,000, whatever that thing is. I can't make the over 9,000 joke yet. I know. We'll get there one day. One day. And then I will be unbearable. <laughs> You'll be like me. Ha! <laughs> Let's get into the meat, though. Let's talk about what we do in the shadows. Meat? Why not the blood? Oh, the bloody blood. The virgin blood. It's been like this the whole time. Deacon on dishes, and it still hasn't moved in five years. You're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point, though. Yeah, you're missing no, I know. Not a I know. flat meeting about how cool you are. When you get three vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. <laughs> this show, Nathaniel, this show. Is there a better show out there? No, there isn't. Wow, just kind of went for it. <laughs> Best horror comedy ever. And horror comedy is something I don't think we've tackled yet on the podcast. So this is going to be kind of an exciting episode where we get into this subgenre of the horror world out there. There's a lot of horror comedy. A lot of it doesn't do very well. This movie, though, I think is really the apex, the pinnacle of horror comedy. I definitely agree. I'd say there's a, a handful of horror comedies that I really, really love, but this is probably the one that I can watch over and over again even more than any of the others. Yeah, this is a movie for me that no matter how I'm feeling or even if I just need a laugh, every time I watch it, I'm always busting gut in laughs. So if you haven't taken the time to see this, Definitely after the podcast, or even before the podcast, before go the check podcast. it out. We're going to spoil so many jokes. We are. There's so many. So, so many. And it's hysterical. I mean, even if we spoil, like, 80%, you'll still have a really good time watching it, but you'll have a better time experiencing these jokes for the first time. So what this show is about is it's these four friends who live in New Zealand who happen to all be vampires. And kind of the main plot of the show is them preparing and getting ready for what is called the Undead Masquerade, which is something that I hope I can attend once in my life. It's insane. It's so funny. Um, give us a little bit more on the creators of the movie, though, Nathaniel, would you? Yes. So the movie features the wonderful directorial talents and writing talents of both Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement. Taika Waititi is probably a name that you've heard if you're not familiar with his previous work, at least for Thor Ragnarok and the upcoming Thor uh, Love and Thunder, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I think you're right. Definitely the funniest movie in the MCU, and that's not a coincidence. He is a hilarious filmmaker. I really can't wait to, for his next project to come out, Jojo Rabbit. Just everything he's done is outrageously funny so i love his work uh and then also we of course have jermaine clement uh who is probably most well known at least for people my age or our age i should say for his work in the comedy folk duo flight of the concords the associated tv show and all of that uh he's also you know done acting in Disney's Moana. Moral of the story is these two guys are some of the funniest people out there. Yeah. And that comedy is very 
sharp and snarky and witty, but at the same time dry. But it it's like the perfect package of comedy that just gets you laughing and laughing and laughing. Yes, I love both of their work tremendously, and so them coming together on this is just comedy gold. Uh, and so, kind of what we're dealing with this uh, with this movie is that, like you said, it's it's four vampire friends who are roommates, yeah, getting ready for this ball. But it's kind of just more about their lives in general. It's all being documented by a documentary crew, and it's just kind of exploring what it is to be a modern vampire living in new zealand the story itself is very original you know it's these four modern vampires one of them is this ancient you know nosferatu type of a character named peter who is my soul animal Um, but it's so timeless at the same time a lot of those classic vampire tropes that we've talked about on the podcast itself still remain subtly throughout you know one of the characters has this silver locket that he got from his human girlfriend way back hundreds of years ago well it was like 50 years ago and he's unwrapping it and he's wearing it and it's burning into his skin but it's this relic of love and it's it's just so funny that the these modern day twists that these vampires have to live with yeah and and they did such a smart job of having all of these characters be a different archetype of vampire. So like you mentioned, you know, Peter is the very ancient Nosferatu monster. While then we have Vladislav, the poker, who... <laughs> the poker. Uh, as you might imagine, is is a Dracula archetype. Oh, and Vladislav, by the way, is played by Jermaine Clement. And then Taika Waititi is Viago, who is this kind of like 1600s dandy he's very fussy he kind of is um kind of a renaissance vampire in a way yeah like very like romantic and and you know he, he's all about love but also you know he's gonna eat you but then uh finally we have deacon who is this uh like late 1700s you know he was a peasant turned into a vampire he's very eastern european and kind of you know he's he's the bad boy of the group because he's the young one i also kind of see him as an amalgamation of a lot of the the sexy vampire culture that exists out there to the most ridiculous degree right i mean one of his favorite quotes is when you are a vampire you become very sexy you know stuff like that gestures to himself yeah yeah and so it's just so incredible how classic these tropes are but how modernized they've become in this yeah and and i also love that they really did a smart thing of you know having one of their victims end up becoming a vampire as well and so then we kind of get the modern you know twilight era take of what a vampire is and and you know he, he goes around yelling that he's twilight and it's hilarious um a lot something else that i really really love is they have these pictures that clearly have been taken from historical events and they've either distorted the images or just found images that almost look identical to the main characters and they overlay them as transitions and it really brings this level of authenticity to the show. And it's 
it's just so well crafted that you can't watch it one time because every time you watch the show you're gonna find new things out which will just make you laugh and laugh yeah it's it's a movie that i've literally watched probably 25 times and every single time i watch it i find more to appreciate in the humor and the first time i saw it was actually with you we were working our part-time hotel job um it was like one o'clock in the morning and you showed me this movie and i remember when peter comes on for the first time Again, he's this decrepit Nosferatu vampire. Just the dialogue, I could not stop laughing. And I had I've not had that in a movie in I don't know how long. So really, if you want a good laugh, check this movie out. I think also part of what they did that was so clever with this movie is that they played with kind of everything that makes up vampire lore. You know, you, they, they play with being able to fly or float through the air uh they play with you know the aversion to sunlight or having to uh, be invited into a building when they're trying to get into bars and can't get in because no one will you know say i invite you in you know it plays with the immortality it plays with the idea of their familiars you know and, and it plays with like ridiculous tropes that have emerged of like Nazi vampires, even. I don't know. Every aspect of it, you know, them turning into bats, or, you know, how sucking blood works, or, you know, being able to hypnotize people. Not only turning into bats, but other animals. You know, the lore of vampires is they were. They could change it into other animals wolves, cats. Um, and Vlad, you see this throughout he turns into a cat <laughs> with his human face still right because they talk about how good vlad the poker is at transforming except he can never get the faces right because <laughs> so, or ever since his battle with the beast which you find out is his ex-girlfriend uh so it's all just so interwoven and so well thought out and then they take it to the next level and bring in this whole weird werewolf versus vampire situation and you meet a bunch of new zealand werewolves who almost steal the entire show (laughs) yeah i love the werewolves they're so funny they're this weird kind of group that is very self-conscious in a way and they want to portray a better image of themselves and so one of the werewolves says some vulgar words and their leader has to say over and over we are werewolves not swearwolves just everything about that show, everything is so over the top and ridiculous, but the the jokes and the timing and everything is so golden. Um, you know, like, like I love that the alpha werewolf is played by Rise Darby, or Reese Darby, or however you pronounce his name, um, who, you know, has also done work with them. And, you know, he's always like a very like fussy New Zealander kind of character. He's he plays the uh, band manager in uh, the what or sorry the flight of the Concords TV show. He's hilarious. Uh, like we haven't even mentioned like uh, Stu, also hilarious. He, he's just this. Uh, he's the best friend of Nick, the guy who got turned into the Twilight vampire, and you know he's just a normal human that is trying to teach them about modern technology and you know shows them Google. And you get the famous quote about Google. You can find anything you want to find. You just type it in. 
Well, I did lose a really nice silk scarf in about 1912. Yeah, Google it now! <laughs> or or even just like, okay, so then you can type in virgins, and, oh, I don't think she's a virgin if she's doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, if you haven't figured it out, this is an incredible movie um, that really is well thought out, and the wit and the snark and the jokes are all perfectly timed all perfectly choreographed in a way that truly make it a masterpiece, in my opinion. I kind of want to talk about maybe, like, why it's just so amazing. Because it's 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 so much better than so many other comedy films that, you know, will use similar formatting or things like that. One thing that I've learned about this movie is that apparently when they were filming it, they filmed, like, a hundred hours of content, which is insane you know they they wrote stuff they you know ad-libbed a ton of stuff you know they were all very dropped into their characters and just kind of you know made ridiculous scenarios for them to work within and then they trimmed it down to a 90 minute movie so a hundred hours of hilarious content turned down to you know 90 minutes is just gonna be as sharp and clever as it can possibly be so what are a few of your favorite parts of the movie it's it's almost impossible to pick because it's all so funny. I really like the dinner scene where, you know, they have a couple of victims that they're trying to feed Baschetti. <laughs> just like cold cans of spaghetti. And, you know, they're trying to do the uh, the Lost Boys trick of turning them into worms. Just to mess with them. And then finally... Or and, and you know they're trying to find out if, if their victims are virgins and they're both not, and then you know explains why virgins are better. Now now imagine uh, you're eating a sandwich, you just feel better if no one's effed it first, you know, and then it then it turns into them you know chasing these or chasing uh, Nick around the house, you know before Peter finally gets him. But you know yeah, so you see. Vlad and cat form meowing and you just see all of these like fun really well done effects of them you know flying around and doing things to scare him and then finally you know an actual kind of creepy jump scare where uh, peter just jumps out of nowhere and just takes him out and then you know you find out a little bit later that he turns and turned him into a vampire and like that part is just so funny or just some of the little moments in the thing just them sitting and watching a sunrise on YouTube is just gold. I think probably for me, one of my favorite parts that I quote all the time is after they go out on the town with Stu kind of getting into it and Vlad yells, bat fight! And he turns into a bat and Diego turns into a bat and they just are fighting as bats and it's so stupid, but for some reason, it just is hysterical at the same time. To clarify, it was Deacon and Nick who were fighting. Oh my goodness. I'm... Diego isn't a character. Oh, I blame the medication. Um, but also, any other scene that has Peter in it, Peter, again, is my Patronus. <laughs> and I, one of the one things I wish it could do better was show us more of his backstory and who he was. I don't know, I like that he was so much of an enigma like like he never says anything but it just like has little moments of him 
you know, like like during the opening credits, it has the different pictures from them at different points, and it's just like him smiling with his scary teeth in the middle of a bunch of balloons, <laughs> or like when Viago is just like brushing his teeth. Just I don't know. He's he's so funny. He's so funny. I, I admit I I do want more of of his humor, but I didn't necessarily want more of who he was as a character as much as just more really awesome moments with him. Yeah, and I think that's what I was trying to get at is, you know, the backstory maybe not so much, but I just wanted more him. And and to be fair, he does you know, die pretty early in the film. Was there anything in the movie that you wanted to be better? I know it's a pretty perfect movie in both of you in my opinion, but would you want to change anything? I mean, honestly, if I could change anything about it is I would just make it longer just because it is so funny. And I know that they had so much material that they could have honestly added another half hour to the film. And I don't think it would have felt too long because he would be laughing the whole time anyway. In fact, I've heard uh, that in interviews, they have said that they have enough like genuinely funny content that they could have made three or four good movies out of it well they need to get on that probably the thing that i struggled with a little bit is i felt the energy kind of dropped about two-thirds in it wasn't huge but it did kind of i don't know there was such good momentum in the first part and it kind of seemed to stall for a few scenes and then it just picked right back up when they got to the undead masquerade that's fair there's a little bit of time where it's like Vlad being gloomy about the beast being the guest of honor and stuff, and which is all really funny, but there does seem to be, I don't know, laughs every 30 seconds as opposed to every 10 seconds. Right, yeah, the energy just seems to kind of take a break, which is fine. I just wanted it all the time, you know? Instead of screams, we should give it maniacal laughs. How does that sound? That sounds good, because, yeah, this isn't a scary movie... By any means. Not at all. So I gave it a 9. Originally I gave it an 8, but then we started talking about it, and I was just like, yeah, it deserves a 9. Straight 9. Yeah, it's... <sighs> I wanted to give it a 10, but again, I'm holding out my 10s for that perfect movie that one day I will see. I don't know, this, this is almost perfect. I'm gonna give it a 9 as well, but I'm reserve the right to on a future episode just abruptly saying you know what i'm giving what we do with shadows a 10 and maniacal laughs how about crowns what'd you give it in crowns nine yeah same hands down easy easy all right so what we do in the shadows like we've mentioned it was a film in 2014 based on a short film in 2004 well, earlier this year, they actually created a TV show. Nadja, Laszlo! Yeah. Yes? Can you come downstairs for a second, please? The problems with living with other vampires are the vampires I have chosen to stay with. I wanted to talk about general hygiene in the cell. Last night, there were all these people down there half drunk. Well, where did they find the alcohol? No, they were half drunk. They've been half drunk. If you've got something to say, then damn well say it. It's not hygienic! FX created a 10-episode series with the same title, What We Do in the Shadows. 
And while it's not as good as the original film, it's still an incredibly solid TV show. Yeah, I quite enjoy it. And it's fun because you and I actually binged it all in one night, and we were laughing the entire time, essentially. Yeah, it was a good time. So do you want to give us a rundown of what is different in the show? Yes. So the TV series does not follow the same characters. It is set in the same universe, though. So as opposed to being in New Zealand, uh, this time around we are in New York. And so, once again, it's a house full of vampires, but this time it's they're, they, they also have a familiar living with them. And they also have a different type of vampire, which is kind of a fun change. We have Nandor, who is this very... Poetic, almost. <laughs> yeah, he's very... I, I can't think of how to describe Nandor. He's... He's very stuck in the past. He's very much from, like, the, I don't know, 1300s or something. Uh, he used to be the ruler of a nation, but then, you know, was driven away when he turned into a vampire. He's kind of a jerk. He kind of reminded me of Yago a little bit. Kind of the mirror character of him. This kind of dandy. Not as funny, more brutal but also very particular and kind of the narrator of the show in a way. Yeah. Yeah, they follow him pretty closely. Then we have a couple, Laszlo and Nadja. Uh, They make the show, Laszlo and Nadja. Yeah, I really enjoy them. So they're both very, like, sex-crazed vampires. Nadja turned Laszlo into the vampire when she was, like, 100 or something. But yeah, they're married. They, I don't know, they're ridiculous. Um, Laszlo is very, very stubborn, very set in kind of these old ways and doesn't really want to conform to modernism. Um, Nadja is kind of that classic female succubus vampire yearning for the next human to kind of seduce in a way. Very kind of stereotypical, romantical, dark couple so to speak yeah she's kind of very bright of dracula then we also have colin robinson who is a very different kind of vampire he is an energy vampire so he instead of sucking the blood of people he sucks their energy mostly just by being like the most boring person ever he's really funny which is pretty funny because who doesn't know an energy vampire You know, we all have those people in our lives who just are interested in some of the most boring things and think everyone else should be interested in them as well. And they just suck our will to live. Yeah, and the casting for Colin was perfect. It's Mark Proksh, or however you pronounce his last name. Just everything I've seen him in, uh, he was in like Better Call Saul. Uh, He was in a couple episodes of The Office. He's always just very... Much the the dweeby, like, cringy-to-be-around kind of guy. And so he was perfect for that role. And then the other main character we have is Guillermo, who is Nandor's familiar. Uh, So he is human. He has been promised that he will be turned into a vampire. Uh, He has been serving Nandor for about ten years. He's very funny. So again, it has a lot of those 
classical vampire tropes in it, but where they're set up in 20-minute episodes, sometimes it feels a little bit disjointed and the energy gives and it takes a little bit. Uh, the first couple of episodes of the series are incredibly funny. Then it stalls out a little bit in the middle and then picks up again at the end. Um, and I think that is because it is a TV series. Each episode comes and goes. And you can't maintain that. Yeah, and I also feel like a lot of the difference is that with the movie, they had a lot of time to... Uh, like I mentioned, you know, they, they had like 10 hours of material that they trimmed down. You know, they, they did a lot of kind of playing in the space, really doing a lot of, you know, improv work to, to make sure that they had the best uh, kind of understandings of their characters and, and just, you know, could really make the funniest scenes that they could. And so I feel like with the TV show, you know, it, it just kind of inherently has to be a lot more scripted uh, to, you know, make it fit within that time frame without having to film four hours and turning it into 20 minutes. And, and that just isn't really doable with that format. And for me too, I felt like some of the characters were just kind of these Americanized versions of our originals. Like Nandor felt very much like Diego from the original. Mm. And maybe that was just my, my vision of it all, you know? I, I can see definitely... With Nandor and Laszlo and Nadja, there's there's definitely aspects of the original characters that they that they pull from. While like Guillermo and Colin Robinson are both very different sort of characters. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I am talking about the main three, like Laszlo and Vlad. I think are incredibly similar. Yeah, I could see that. One thing that the show does better than I think we give it credit for is there's a ton of guest stars including the original characters from the show, who they don't play a character. They play who they are, and they just happen to be vampires, like Tilda Swinton. Um, yeah. I, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, so the, the context for that is that in the first episode, they are visited by this ancient vampire named uh, Baron... Afonas. Yeah, Afonas. Uh, who is played by the amazing Doug Jones, who does great physical work with the character. As he does with everything. So the Baron wants them to take over America, but then kind of departs from that partway through just to kind of go and have a night out on the town. So that's a really funny episode. They go and just, you know, go to clubs and drink and do drugs by drinking the blood of drunk people and the blood of people who did drugs. And it's so they just party all night. It's a really funny episode. And then on accident, Guillermo opens the door uh, of the house and then turns him into stone, which kills him. So then there is a vampire council held to see, you know, are these three vampires the ones who killed him? You know, they're, it's this big tribunal. And the head vampire, like you mentioned, is Tilda Swinton. Uh, also on the council is, you know, the original three, you know, we got Viago, Vlad, and deacon uh, but we also have like wesley snipes who, who else was there they, they reference like tom cruise and brad pitt they had evan rachel wood they had paul rubens you know they they have all of these people who have like played vampires uh or are just you know kind of known for being like these unusually youthful or ethereal people and it was just really fun to 
see them in that role. I really like that episode a lot. Um, overall, you can fight it on FX. Um, it's a little hard to watch unless you have an FX subscription. But again, it's incredibly solid. It will make you laugh. Uh, where it is set up as a series, you don't have to binge it all at once. You can take your time with it. And I think it's a little bit better that way. That way you're not just overloaded with all of the humor all at once. I will say that one thing I liked about it a little bit less was just that it's the the humor's a little bit dirtier. And like I don't mind crass humor necessarily, but I felt like it, it really kind of went for some low-hanging fruit for some of the jokes, which I thought was a shame. I can see that. But I understand what you're saying. A lot of Laszlo's humor is kind of based in that low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of his humor is kind of cemented in that kind of crass, vulgar, sex, potty talk. And it gets annoying after a while, for sure. Yeah, there are some really funny jokes, and there are some that were just like, really? Like, I, I just, I, I guess I have a really high standard for those writers, uh, especially because, like, the original creators were involved in a lot of the writing or the directing or, you know, that kind of work relative to the TV show. So I just, I don't know, my expectation is really, really high based on the original film. And I felt like there were sometimes the jokes were just a little bit too easy. Yeah, I can see that. So as far as Maniacal Laughs, how many would you give? I'd give a seven. I also gave it a seven. Maybe this is a special episode because all of our scores have been exactly the same. Well, let's see if this persists. What did you give it for crowns? I gave it a seven as well. What? Me too. Okay. I guess something has to be spooky in this episode, other than your voice. Along that lines, we did kind of want to start a new segment on the show called Staying Spooky. We talk a lot about movies and kind of the current or favorite horror films that we have seen, but there's so much material out there that we just simply can't cover it all. So we thought it would be kind of a fun idea for both myself and Nathaniel to give a recommendation that if we've seen a TV show, or we read a story, or even if we have listened to a song that was horror-inspired. Essentially giving our listeners an extra horror outlet, so to say. Yep. So for this segment of Staying Spooky, our inaugural and first section ever, I will let you go first, Nathaniel. Okay. So, I'm going to talk about something that isn't horror exactly, but... I think would appeal to a lot of horror people. It is a book I read recently called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. It is a memoir about working in a crematorium. And it's very funny, but very informative, also very touching. It's, I don't know, I just think it's really interesting. And it, you know, it spends a lot of time talking about death and what death means to us in society today. And I just think it's something where, you know, people who spend a lot of time with media that deals with death might uh, really enjoy it. All right. And for my recommendation is I've started a new anime series called Seraph of the End. It has to do with vampires, which is kind of fun. Uh, essentially, the general plot is that there is this society of underground vampires that have been living beneath us for as long as we can remember. And they release a plague 
into modern society that kills anybody over the age of 13. And so vampires then emerge, and they kind of take over the world. And they use the anyone who was not killed by the plague as livestock. And there's these two boys, the protagonists, who eventually escape and realize that the plague did not kill all of the humans. So it becomes this kind of humanity versus vampires, and one of the protagonists actually ends up becoming a vampire, so it has all those very stereotypical anime tropes of best friends fighting each other and blah blah blah. Um, But it's very dark. There's a lot of child murder in the first few episodes, so if that displeases you, definitely don't watch. But they incorporate a lot of dark myth, there's a lot of demons, there's a lot of apocalyptic talk about the seraphim and the beasts of John and stuff like that. So if you're like me and eat that stuff up, definitely check it out. You can stream it on Hulu for free. So again, that was Seraph of the End and Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematory by Caitlin Doty. And that is the first segment of Staying Spooky! Woohoo! Alright, so I guess that's probably the main stuff we wanted to cover, so should we launch into these special quizzes? Yes, I'm so excited for this. And I think it's only fitting that I ask you uh, some questions about which demon you are. Okay. You've just returned home from a long night of taking your nephew's trick-or-treating. You let them have one piece of candy before going to bed, but make them leave the rest on the kitchen table. Staring at it intently, you proceed to... Gobble it all up. Kids don't need that stuff anyway. Take one piece from each nephew and savor it. They'll never notice. Eat your own trick-or-treating bag, of course. What do you need their candy for? Or eat them one by one laughing. Probably B. Take one piece from each nephew and savor it. They'll never notice. They're dumb children. (laughs) Okay, you're driving to work during rush hour when someone zooms past you, nearly causing an accident. You commence road rage. Get out of the car and spit fire at him. That'll teach him. Mark down his license plate and report him. The cops are always in your favor. Or check to make sure that he didn't scratch your car. That's really all that matters. Commence road rage. What is your favorite thing about life? All the forbidden stuff. Everything. Nothing. Life sucks and everyone is annoying. Or people. You can get whatever you want with people. All the forbidden stuff. But of course. When filling out a questionnaire, you tend to... Answer the questions one by one. Fill it all out of order. Ball it up and throw it away. Screw questionnaires. Or answer them with extra comments and footnotes. Answer the questions one by one. I'm not a barbarian. You're meeting up with a friend for lunch, but they unexpectedly show up with a buddy that you've never seen before. You assume that your best friends now act your usual weird self. Say, hiss, that's mine, while dragging your friend away. Remain extraordinarily reserved until your suspicion subsides, or give them your business card. I want to hiss, but I'd probably just assume that I'm best friends now, so A. It's Christmas, and your parents tell you to come over and celebrate with the family. You already have plans, but you tell them to take a hike. Tell them that they should have scheduled a meeting earlier, invite your parents to your party, or rejoice, you'll finally have clean laundry. Um, it's Christmas. I would have already had my schedule planned. So, probably D, rejoice. I'll finally have clean laundry. When trying to relax, your favorite thing to listen to is The Cramps, Masorgsky's uh, Night on Bald Mountain, The Sweet Sound of Crickets chirp- 
blah, sorry, birds, crickets, rain droplets, and dark and nocturnal slaughter cult, or Fugazi. Well, I listened to Night on Bald Mountain last night. That's a real thing. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with B. In school, you were A, the class troublemaker, B, a gang leader and chewing gum trafficker, C, always partying but got straight A's, or D, admirable to the teachers you bribed. Um, always out partying but got straight A's. Yes, we partied so hard in school. As, as much as two Mormon boys could. Ha! You're on the airplane uh, to a foreign country. What do you do to pass the time? A. Make a profit selling peanuts since airlines only allow pretzels these days. B. Be obnoxious as possible. Listen to music real loud. Bump your feet against the seat in front of you. Chew with your mouth open and repeatedly ask, are we there yet? C. Hit on the flight attendants. Or D. Panic. Flying makes you nervous. It's too close to heaven. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. Flying doesn't make me nervous, but it is too close to heaven. Unless you're sick and then it makes you feel like you're going to die. That's valid. Very true. While running late for work one day, you bump into a homeless person on the streets. Your first reaction is to A. Offer them the world's riches in exchange for their soul. B. Excuse yourself, offering them a wad of cash, then continue rushing. C. Ask if they want to hang out. Who needs to work anyways? Or D. Get angry. They were in your way, after all. This happens to me every day, and it's get out of my way, please. So D. Get angry. It's 3am and you're not asleep because... A. Send for your 3am burger. Besides, you need to finish marathoning this anime. B. Sleep at 3am. The party's just started. C. Sleep is for weaklings. D. You're waking up the neighbors with the sound of Rick Astley. Uh, sleep is for weaklings. Your favorite line for the exorcist is A. The power of Christ compels you. B. What an excellent day for an exorcism. C. I am the devil. Or D. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Oh, I am the devil. And finally, what describes you best? A. Tough on the outside, tougher on the inside, then slightly soft when baked to a crisp. B. Charming, darling, dandy, and snarling. C. Easy peasy, nice and sleazy. Or D. Silver spoon ch little child always looking for something wild. I have to say easy peasy, nice and sleazy, because that's my new favorite. Because I already clicked on that for you, because I knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> and do you want to know who you got? Yeah. Do you have any guesses? Um, I want to say Pazuzu, because he's inside me. Good guess, but wrong. Who am I? How art thou fallen from heaven, O day star, seven yeah, in the morning? Yeah, I'm the mud bitch of them all, Lucifer. Yes. Uh, that makes me happy inside. I am not surprised by that. So, to save having to listen to all of the same questions again, should we just have you do the other one to me? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Alright, the quiz for Nathaniel will be, which horror movie stereotype character are you? Nathaniel, you're home alone and you hear a noise upstairs. Do you go and investigate? Your answer options are, uh, no, are you kidding me? I'd call the police. Of course, it's my job to keep my home safe. My house has the latest security equipment, knowing it's in or out without me knowing. Yes, and if anyone is up there, dead. Nah, I'd stay downstairs in the kitchen where knives are. Sure, nothing scares me. 
uh, kitchen where the knives are. All right. You're choosing a costume for Halloween. What do you go for? A sexy vampire. Because once you turn into a vampire... You are very sexy. James Bond. Someone from Harry Potter, Obbs. Your favorite serial killer, Batman. Or a zombie. Uh, that would have to be the Batman. Yeah, I know that alone. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> Liver, fava beans, and a good Chianti. <laughs> I already know that's going to be the answer. No. Pizza, always. I don't mind so long as I get to hunt, kill, and cook my own food. Sushi, lobster, or ramen? Hmm. I'm going to go with pizza just because it has the most potential variety. Alright, you're at an all-night party and your friends start telling ghost stories. How do you react? Tell them it's all nonsense and nervously laugh over the scariest bits. Um, you're normally making out with someone in the closet. Join in and tell something that will terrify them in return. You and your friends normally just hang out in the kitchen. Leave immediately. You hate scary stuff. Sit there and take notes. Uh, tell them something that will really terrify them. I am a horror writer. What would be your perfect day? Going to a comedy show and heckling the bad acts? Something classy and romantic, like a movie and dinner. A stroll around a cemetery? Going for a ten-mile hike? What kind of date is that? Visiting a museum or art gallery? Or a night in watching movies and cuddling on the sofa? Uh, it's probably just the spooky bitch in me, but definitely the cemetery. Alright, you're going camping. What do you take? Uh, I don't do camping. All of the latest gadgets and gizmos. Your trusty hunting knife. You never go anywhere without it. Nothing. I'll just borrow stuff from my friends. Nothing but the clothes on my back. The land will provide. Fake poop to put in my fellow campers. <laughs> if I have my choice, I avoid camping. Oh, yes. I didn't know this about you. You're horrible. I am willing to do it in situations in which, like, we're watching Blair Witch out in the woods, which I want to do soon. Alright, you're walking home alone at night, and you think someone is following you. What do you do? Do you speed up and get home as quickly as possible? Walk slowly and turn around quickly to try and catch them in the act? Turn around and shout something to scare them away? Pretend you're talking to a friend on your cell phone? Carry on walking, you don't scare easily. Or call your parents to come get you. It's probably speed up. Ugh, this already know. This is a stupid question. What's your favorite kind of movie? Let's just go with horror because okay. I'm assuming everything else is dumb. <laughs> You're invited to a house party. What do you wear? I am not usually invited to parties. You only wear black. Just the jeans and tee. You don't really care for fashion. Your sexiest outfit. Winky face emoji. <laughs> Your favorite designer shirt or a hilarious novelty t-shirt? Definitely a hilarious novelty t-shirt. Yep. Probably something horror-themed. You suspect one of your friends of lying to you. What do you do? These are so, like, 17 again kind of questions. Well, it is from Freeform. Oh, goodness. Um, you'd hack into their email account to see if you can find out what's going on. 
You don't really care about other people's problems. You annoy them until they tell you. You get real pouty and pick a fight. Trick them into telling you the truth. Or you forget about it. YOLO. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man, this is hard just because they're all bad. I guess the least awful option for me would be annoy them until they tell me. Did it do YOLO? That's what I would pick. Hell no. <laughs> You're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. What's your weapon of choice? Nothing. You'd just stick close to somebody else. An axe, you need to remove their heads. A sniper rifle, I don't want to be anywhere near it when it dies. You'd build an electric fence around your house. Probably just a gun. <laughs> That's so anticlimactic. Probably just a gun. <laughs> That's so general. Fire. Lots and lots of fire. An axe. Out of those options, though, the clear real option would be a machete. True. Okay, last question. You start receiving creepy anonymous texts from someone. What do you do? Tell your parents and the police and change your number. Text slash call the number until someone responds and tell them stop it or else. You don't have a phone. Send creepy messages right back to them. <laughs> Use it as an excuse to buy a new phone or send them pictures of memes until they get bored. I mean, the real answer would be just block it, but right. of these options, probably the memes. All right. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> are you ready? You are the psychopathic killer! Really? Turns out you're the person everyone else is running away from. You're creepy, weird, and a little crazy. You don't have many friends because you hate everyone. Or possibly you've killed them all. So, fun fact... I was also entering my answers in at the same time, and it totally gave me a different result. What? It told me that I'm the Joker. Oh, man. Well, I like, seriously. I like this better because then I'm Lucifer, the morning star, and you're the psychopathic killer. Maybe we just have to combine the two results, and it's like the Joker, the Batman villain. Yeah, there we go. Ooh. There we go. Alright, friends. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for downloading our episode. Thanks for following us on Twitter. You guys are awesome. If we can ask one thing of you, it would just be to rate it and review us on wherever you're getting us. Apple Podcasts tends to be a good place to do that. We just It, it just helps get us in front of even more people. It really, uh, from what I understand from a lot of other podcasts really makes a, a big difference in kind of like exponential growth. So we would tremendously appreciate it, but we also just tremendously appreciate everything that you've done for us so far. And yeah. I just love that you're listening. Once again, listeners stay spooky, stay spooky. Need even more scream Kings. Here's our obligatory shameless social media plug. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at scream Kings pod. You could also email us at ScreenKingsPodcast at gmail.com. Help us reach a wider audience of horror fans by leaving a review on iTunes or by sharing a link on social media. You can also support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash ScreenKings. Stay spooky.